Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to another super happy, optimistic, fun-filled episode of Into the Fray. Yeah, scratch that. Of course that's a lie. Today's show is going to be a bucket of ice water. Don't listen to this with your kids in earshot. You need to hear this. They really don't. You also need to see what I can't show you over audio. You can find some of it on my Twitter feed, at Real Into the Fray. I've been reposting anything and everything I can get my hands on that shows what's really happening on the ground in Afghanistan. Another really good source is a Twitter account called Refugee Lives Matter. There is an ugly truth we have to face head on. Here's an ad from Warnock's Georgia campaign. It's unintentionally very appropriate for the moment. Pat Tip the Hill. Elections, as we have learned tragically this year, are a matter of life and death. The lives of every Georgian still depend on what you're doing. Yes, you still need to vote as if your life depends on it, because it does. We've got big problems and big issues. And that's why we have to stand together. I've said it before. The left are always so right in all the wrong ways. It was true when Trump said it. It was true when Warnock said it. It was true when Schumer said it. And everything I just played from that ad applies directly to the tragedy we just created in Afghanistan. There are two arguments on this last election. Either Joe Biden was elected by the biggest voter turnout in American history or the Democrats lied, cheated, and stole their way into the highest office in the nation. Those are the two arguments. Either we voted this in, or we have allowed our nation to become so corrupted that the left was able to steal the office. Either way, we're responsible. That's the nature of a government, by the people, for the people, and of the people. That's self-government. The buck doesn't stop with the president. It stops with us. We hire them to represent us. We're the boss. We're responsible for who we hire and what they do. Right now, this is our president, an awful mix of Milhouse and Ralph Wiggum. Mostly Ralph Wiggum. This is Biden's response to the disaster he created in a nutshell. Milhouse, how could you let this happen? You were supposed to be the night watchman. I was watching. I saw the whole thing. First it started falling over, then it fell over. Not as funny in context, is it? We had to get out of Afghanistan. We did. We can't remain an occupying force in a foreign country forever. But you can't look at what's happening and say we didn't completely screw this withdrawal. This was done about as badly as it could have been, and now there are real horrific consequences for a lot of real people. We have to face what we've done. If we don't see it, we won't understand it. And if we don't understand what we've done, we can't change. We keep doing this. We have to stop. 
We have to understand it so that we know what we're doing so that we can stop, so that we can change. Buckle up, because there's going to be some hard truths we have to face here. Afghanistan falling isn't just a headline. It's not just another world event to talk about around the water cooler. It's having real consequences for real people. From CBS News. Saki says, there are about 11,000 Americans still in Afghanistan. The estimate ranges up to 15,000. Not all of them are in Kabul. Thousands are reported to be in other regions of the country. Remember, the airport in Kabul is the only American position that remains. We're holding that airport. That's it. We have thousands of Americans over there with no hope of reaching that airport. That was the gentle part. Now the real ugly. Here's reporting from Refugee Lives Matter. The Twitter bio says simply this. They took my home, but they cannot take my future. Hashtag resistance. There's a video of Afghani translators tied up on the ground, being beaten with chains, kicked, and jumped on. You heard that right. Jumped on. Both feet, like they're trying to smash a particularly stubborn cardboard box. Over, and over, and over. Part of facing this isn't just acknowledging it's happening. It's understanding its gravity. I want you to imagine yourself tied up with your hands behind your back, on the ground, surrounded by an angry mob, being beaten in the face with a chain over and over and over, and then kicked over, having your ribs jumped on, both feet, by a full-grown male adult. Again. And then again. And then again. I want you to think about what the rest of your life looks like, if you survive it. There's another video of a man standing with his hands tied behind his back, surrounded by a mob, including Taliban with AK-47s, being kicked over and over. An official-looking green pickup pulls up, and he's led to the back, hands still tied behind his back, and he's unceremoniously thrown into the bed of the truck. Two photos are posted, one of Hamdullah Hamdard, nicknamed Huggy, an Afghani interpreter posing with a U.S. soldier. The second, much more recent photo, is of Hamdullah's face, eyes closed, peaceful, clearly dead. When you click on the photo, you get the expanded view. It's just his head. The caption reads, Taliban killed Hamdullah Hamdard, Huggy, a former U.S. military interpreter, last night in Jalalabad, before his house, in front of his family and children. They pulled him out of his house and beheaded him in front of his family and children. This is real. This isn't somebody else's problem in some far-off land. This is happening the way it is because of our failures. Elections have consequences. I want you to put yourself in Hamdullah's children's place. Think back to when you were a small child. Imagine an army of heavily armed terrorists coming down your street, and some of them force their way into your home, drag your father into the yard, and behead him, while you stand there helpless and sobbing. Imagine your spouse being dragged out of the house, into the yard, and having his head cut off in front of you. This is real. This is happening to real people. The people of Jalalabad took to the streets, waving the Afghani flag in protest of the Taliban. They raised 
their national flag. What did the Taliban do? They started shooting, killing people. You cannot reason with them. There is no right to assemble for the redress of grievances under the Taliban. This is violent authoritarianism perpetrated by a vile, deviant mass of criminals and thugs. We've seen criminals and thugs in charge of countries before. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it in Russia. We see it in China. We've seen it in Cambodia. We've seen it in Vietnam. We've seen it in Korea. And now we have just pulled out of Afghanistan in the worst possible way and left them to this. Kim Staferi, Association of Wartime Allies, reported, It's 4 a.m. in Kabul. The Taliban are currently going through the crowd outside of the airport and beating the SIV men with chains. The SIV? The Afghans who helped us. While thousands of our Marines are just on the other side of the gate, ordered to stand down and not engage. It didn't have to be this way. It didn't. It didn't have to be this way. Now, I really appreciate that she's not coming out saying they should be engaging. Frankly, that's a hard call under the circumstances. But that's the point. The circumstances didn't have to be this way. Elections have consequences. Biden did this. And America put him in the position to do it. Colonel Raman Ramani, an Afghan pilot, tweeted on Monday. The Taliban terrorists entered the house of two pilots, raped their women, and killed them in Kabul. Kabul is not safe for pilots, SOFs, ANA officers, police officers, civil society, and human rights activists. Before they intensify their campaign of murders, the world must act. Look at the mess we made. Look at it. We have a hundred-year history of doing this. This isn't the first time. We sit back comfortably in our homes, watching TV, passing the blame to this politician or that group, while continuing to remain willfully ignorant of what our own representatives are doing with the power we've given them. And just as willfully ignorant of the caliber of people that we continue giving that power to each election. Popular culture has made a cliche of the Spider-Man line. With great power comes great responsibility. Well, guess what? We have great power. We have been the most powerful nation on earth by a wide margin for going on 70 years, maybe longer. How about that responsibility part? Clearly, we've taken almost no responsibility for who we entrust with the might and power of this nation. Change that. From the New York Post, Taliban kills woman for not wearing burqa on same day they vow to honor women's rights. Taliban fighters shot and killed a woman for not wearing a burqa in Afghanistan on Tuesday, the same day the group pledged to usher in a new inclusive era into the country that honors women's rights. Please tell me no one listening to the sound of my voice right now has been falling for their little charm campaign. It's insane. Back to the article. A photo emerged of a woman in Takar province lying in a pool of blood with loved ones crouched around her after she was killed by insurgents for being in public without a head covering. They killed her for not wearing a frickin' hat. Insurgents also vowed Tuesday not to interfere with U.S.-led evacuation efforts of Westerners and their Afghan allies, but were instead reported to be controlling the entrances of Hamid Karzai International Airport, the airport in Kabul, 
and attacking those who were trying to flee. There was kids, women, babies, old women. They could barely walk, an Afghan former State Department contractor told Fox. They are in a very, very bad situation. I'm telling you. At the end, I was thinking there was like 10,000 or more than 10,000 people, and they're running into the airport. The Taliban were beating people, and the people were jumping from the fence, the concertina wire, and also the wall. Do you know what concertina wire is? It's the coiled razor wire you see around prisons. That stuff will take an artery like it's nothing. People are fleeing through it in desperation. Guess what else we have a photo of? A man walking with the bloody body of what appears to be his lifeless son. If the little boy isn't lifeless, he's in dire need of a competent trauma center. The father and another boy in the photo are covered in splotches of blood. Beyond them, a woman lies sprawled dead in the street. The caption from Ryan Saavedra, a quote, Getty Images, August 17th. A man carries a bloodied child as a woman lays wounded in the street after Taliban fighters use gunfire, whips, sticks, and sharp objects to maintain crowd control over thousands of Afghans who continue to wait outside the Kabul airport for a way out. Go to my Twitter page. Go look. At Real Into the Fray. See for yourself. Look at those things. I'm not shilling my Twitter. I just don't have anywhere better to share these things. Go look. And this disaster, it didn't just start this last weekend. This is from the Daily Mail. The mastermind behind the Taliban's takeover of Kabul was released from Guantanamo Bay under Barack Obama's presidency in 2014. Despite resistance from the Pentagon, it has been revealed. Now, I don't know if I can even pronounce this guy's name. Karaula, Karahala, Karkawa, I don't know. I'm terrible with names from that region. But this guy was one of five Taliban commanders released from the detention camp off the coast of Cuba by Obama in exchange for American soldier Bowie Bergdahl. The former president guaranteed the U.S. people that the so-called Taliban Five would be sent to Qatar and incapable of doing any damage in Afghanistan. However, earlier this year, Karkawa, whatever, ended up brokering the terms of the withdrawal of troops despite intelligence reports sent to Obama and Biden after his release, according to the New York Post. He promised that the Taliban wouldn't launch an offensive if Biden removed all U.S. troops and even claimed they wouldn't punish Afghans who had worked with the U.S. military. But the warlords are now trying to track down Afghans who did just that and are hunting those who cooperated in the toppling of the Taliban regime after the 9-11 attacks. We traded the mastermind behind this Taliban takeover, for a traitor. Bergdahl deserted to the enemy, and Obama traded five major terrorist players for him. The American people overwhelmingly elected Obama. Twice. We traded five major players for a deserter, and now one of them is a senior Taliban leader. Be interesting to find out in the coming days where the other four ended up. Now, the zone in Kabul that houses most of the Americans in the city is separated from the airport by at least seven checkpoints, according to a map posted by Michael Pregant, a former intel officer and a veteran of three wars. The distance from the embassy in the middle of that zone to the airport is just over two miles. I checked. 
for people on the backside of that zone, they may be looking at another Mogadishu mile. Have you seen Black Hawk Down? I hope it made you nearly vomit, because that's the appropriate reaction. In this case, though, we don't have two crash sites. We have thousands of Americans spread out throughout the city and thousands more throughout other parts of the country. The Taliban leaders have stated they won't interfere with the American withdrawal, but they also said they wouldn't perpetrate reprisals against Afghanis who helped us, and they would respect women's rights. So how's that working out? They're already burning and beheading people who helped us, forcing burqas, kicking girls out of school, and raping women and girls wherever they go. So will they interfere with our withdrawal? That part has yet to be seen, but I wouldn't bet any lives on them keeping their word. And that's what we're working with here. Those are the stakes. Whether people live or die. Whether Americans in country and the cream of Afghanistan, the best that that little country has to offer, the people with the courage and fortitude to work with us as they try to make their nation a better place. Whether all these people in question live or die. And right now, it's a real question for both the Afghanis and the thousands of Americans still in country. This is why good people have to be strong. You can't accomplish anything meaningful from a position of weakness. We have to be strong. We also have to remain good, something that we're also failing at spectacularly. There's no moral relativism. If the current situation doesn't make that abundantly clear, that there is a difference between right and wrong, and that it is a permanent difference, then maybe I'm wasting my time on here. There absolutely is good and evil. And right now, we're watching evil triumphing all over the world. It's partying in the streets in Afghanistan. This world is what we make of it. If a critical mass of people are choosing good, the world becomes a better place. If a critical mass of people choose evil, selfishness, greed, laziness, self-indulgence, lust, all of the sins that the Christian religion warns us against, the world gets dark. Hate to break it to you, but America is going dark. Has been for decades. This is our doing. Some of us actively, some of us passively. But this is our doing. We have made America what it is, which makes us responsible for what America is doing. Maybe seeing the mistakes we're making from an outside perspective will help. From human events, Taliban fighters in Kabul started collecting weapons from civilians on Monday, claiming people no longer need them for protection. We understand people kept weapons for personal safety, a Taliban official said. They can now feel safe. We are not here to harm innocent civilians. They use the same tactic as the fact-checkers. Maybe that's where they learned it. The key word in that last sentence was innocent. It's entirely subjective to their idea of who is and is not innocent. I think there's a lesson in here about the real purpose of gun control. But at the end of the day, what this means is a helpless and enslaved population with no means of liberating themselves, even if they tried. Meanwhile, the Taliban beat them with chains, behead them, rape them, and take their 12-year-old daughters as slave wives. Is that enough outside perspective on the consequences of the same choices we're making? Look at it. See it. Learn from it. 
and change yourself based on what you're learning. I can't stand CNN, but even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. As you listen to this next clip, remember, we also have thousands of Americans stranded in-country facing the same things. I am getting calls nonstop from ordinary Afghans who are desperately afraid, who are trying their best to get out of the country, to get their paperwork sorted out, who want answers, who want clarity, who have worked for non-governmental organizations. They say they can't even get people to answer the phone. And they're so petrified. They're so utterly, utterly petrified. I want to show you a little clip from a woman we spoke to earlier this morning. She worked for a various number of international organizations, including some U.S. organizations. She is so afraid now for her life that she is in hiding. She didn't want to show her face, but take a listen to what she had to say. It is not easy for a person to work a lot with international organization, having ten, more than 10 years experience of working with international, and now no one of them helped me. Just sending emails to different organizations that I work with you, but now no response. Are you angry? No, I'm not angry, but as a person that who work with them, now I need their supports. It is not fair. You look very emotional as well. Yeah, because I'm thinking about my future, my daughters. What will happen to them if they kill me? Are you a parent? Imagine having to face the reality that you will probably be killed in the next few days, and your daughters will be taken as slave wives or sold, to and by the most vile people in your country. The Americans in country aren't any better off. Sarah Cook of CBS News reported this. A congressional aide tells CBS News, we have no partners left in Afghanistan to safely get Americans in country to Kabul. There are 10 to 15,000 American citizens who still need to get out. And that obviously doesn't include the tens of thousands of SIVs, or P2 applicants, trying to get out of Afghanistan. She also posted a note that went out to American citizens in Afghanistan. To American citizens, thank you for registering your request to be evacuated from Afghanistan. The U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan has confirmed that an undefined number of U.S. government-provided flights will begin soon. Please make your way to Hamid Karzai International Airport at this time. Please be advised that the United States government cannot guarantee your security as you make this trip. Ina Ruffini, also of CBS News, reported, Calls are going out to about half the Americans on the State Department list, approximately 5,000, telling them to come to the airport. Those calls include instructions on how to get to the airport, where to go, etc., but the U.S. is not helping with transportation. They're on their own. American citizens are supposed to make their way through hostile territory on their own, with an army looking for them that is concurrently burning, beheading, raping, and enslaving their native counterparts. At least in Mogadishu, our special forces gave them hell until we got everyone out. There's been a lot of talk of the decline of America in recent months. Of course we're concerned about what's going to happen to us. But look at what we're doing to other people. Look at what we're doing to our own people overseas. We're facing the results of our own hubris and inattention. 
We have to make some changes. We have to make individual changes. Our system of government was designed to be, as Lincoln put it, by the people, for the people, and of the people. It's ours. We're responsible for it. We need to start acting like it. Now more than ever, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. Thank you.